When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Conduits of Trouble, we are back. Zolgad and Chip Scoggins, of course, Chip, a, a columnist for the Star Tribune and my longtime buddy back to our days on the Vikings beat. Uh, and speaking of the purple, Chip, you were in Santa Clara. How would you describe the um, aftermath of the 2019 <laughs> Vikings season? Uh, good season, not great season. I think if you, if you make the playoffs, you can say it's a good season. But, um, you know, what? the thing that's weird, Judd, is the last uh, – times that they've made won a game in the playoffs and you start to think, all right, maybe there's something here. They have those they'll have that playoff flame out where you're like, the sky's falling. Yep. Right. They're so far away from yep. from uh from being a cha- a legitimate championship team. And that's that's what I walked away from that game thinking thinking Man, San Francisco is miles ahead. And I understand bad days happen, but just physically, how on both sides of the ball, mm-hmm. how much superior, how superior the 49ers were to them, I thought was alarming. Uh, yeah, I, I was, it was amazing to me how they basically just got their ass kicked. Yes. You know, it's not that they lost, if you lose by a touchdown or something. But it was a 17-point loss, which was which was probably not worse because Mike was punting on fourth and long when he had to be going kept for it. Kept that score. Yeah. And he kept, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he did that on purpose. He worked the score himself to make it look better than it was. And, you know, I always go back to, and I've been saying this all week long, Chipper, for all of Childress's faults, you know, when he got here in 2006, and he was not the first, this is a, a old football adage, but he said, we're not going to be good unless we're good on the lines. Mm-hmm. The offensive and defensive line have to be good. And so they went out and, and you know, that they had Kevin Williams and Pat Williams, and then they went out and signed Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Like, they they bolstered those lines sure. that we covered those teams. And um, this offensive line, yeah. it just when, when push came to shelf, they literally got pushed around. And the thing is, there are – it's it's an interesting conversation because yes they finished eighth in point in scoring this year big jump and yes there are times they look really high powered and explosive and I think that speaks to how how many bad teams there are in the NFL absolutely that you can look good against because there's let's be honest out of sixteen games how many bad teams are you going to play ten this year eleven this year it felt like eleven probably yeah but. You're not playing those teams in the playoffs. Right. And when they faced those good teams that had good defenses, they got exposed. And I wrote, this was my, my season-ending column, was that Cousins is what he is at this point. Yes. I mean, he is. We can beat our head against the wall and say, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. He 
100% correct. But you, he's not changing. He's not going to reinvent himself. Right. And I, flying home from uh, San Francisco that day, had a layover in LAX. So going there, I, I, I saw the first game. Um, Chiefs, you saw Mahomes and um, Deshaun Watson. Coming back, you saw Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. And it just, like, to me, and watching those guys run around and pull rabbits out of hat and Houdini, to me it just reinforces Cousins, that ain't Cousins. So you have got to solidify that offensive line to make things perfect. So I, I think you need a minimum of three new starters. I, I know that sounds crazy no. to think you got to do it one year, but I think you need three new starters on, on the offensive line. On Purple Daily on, I believe it was Wednesday of this week, Sam Munson of Pro Football Focus, who is really sure. good, yeah, yeah. told Matthew Collar they need three, and then he sort of stopped and said, or four. Basically, he said I Brian O'Neill yeah. and Garrett Bradbury's coming back. Yeah, oh, yeah. and I Elf line, though. But Bradbury's a good run blocker, but he's still just – Right. If it's pass blocking, I mean, he can get overpowered, but the two, I think he'd need two, two new guards and a, and a left tackle. Do you th- Chip, do you think, too – so this is where the, the conversation to me gets murky because I watched the same games that you did, and, and I can't decide if this is a fixable problem or a different path is needed in this sense. You know, Russell Wilson, Seattle's not very good. No. And Russell Wilson single-handedly kept them in that game. Now, they lost eventually, but they could have won that game. That would have been a blowout for which was, every other quarterback. They yeah. wouldn't have been there. No. They just wouldn't no, they would have made it that far. Yeah. No. So, I hate to do this, but absolving Cousins as a person here, do you think that if the Vikings had Kirk Cousins and this was 1995, you'd be like, oh, cool, he's fine, he's mm-hmm. absolutely fine. But it's 2020, and we're seeing where football is going. And now now the guys like Brady have lasted partially because they also ha- have an awareness that Kirk just doesn't. Sure. Like, to your point, Kirk is Kirk. Yeah. So you're not going to put a chip in Kirk's brain that's going to no. say, I'm sensing pressure from my blind side. You know, he's been told now, eat the football yeah. if you feel pressure. Long story short, are we just to an evolution of football where Kirk Cousins, that type of quarterback, if you want to win a Super Bowl, is not going to work because of the deficiencies and also because of the greatness that we see from Russell Wilson, yeah. Deshaun Watson, guys that can absolutely make plays. Well, I think you can be that, but you have to have a more pocket awareness and just more big game savvier calmness than, than, than Cousins has. We see him panic yeah. and, and throw wildly or look indecisive and take sacks. And so I'm not... Does, yeah, you obviously, if you have more mobility. But you see my point, right? Yeah, I mean, like you, you see, look at him as a 1996. Oh, yeah, great. It, it just, it re- like, you watch those other guys play, and it just reinforces his weaknesses. And right. that's, I don't know if I was necessarily saying after the Saints game, oh, you got to give him an extension, Cousins, a one-year extension or whatever. I, I You play out this year. I absolutely would not give him an extension this offseason. Yeah, which I, by the way, I think works absolutely fine too. Play it out. It's not going to play it out. He's not going to play worse because he doesn't have one. No, he'll be fine. Yeah, and I, in some ways, in some ways, I think you have to explore too. Can you, can you draft a quarterback? Well, that's can see, you. Well, here, I, like I would. The idea in a perfect world, I'd draft one in the first round this year. The idea of trying, and I know that this would be drastic and hard to do, and, and would sacrifice some things immediately, but the. If the if the medicals come back okay, the idea of trying to get up to get Tua intrigues me. Yeah, mightily. Here's the thing: like I would draft a guy in the first round and just say, you know, this is a redshirt year for you. Yes. But the problem is, man, 
you need offensive linemen with that first pick and a second pick and a third pick. And, oh, by the way, your secondary is going to be in shambles probably. But you just hit on it. And this is so this is where decisions have to be made by executives. Do you need – is your window basically closed? And do you need too much? And do you need to start drafting not for 2020 – but for and that doesn't mean that you yeah. don't need your line solidified and your corners, but you also need a quarterback. Do you have so many needs that you need to take a big step back and say, we'll accept 2020 and maybe 21, but we got to build this thing back up? Yeah, I don't. There's so many bad teams that I don't think the windows closed as being a playoff team. I think the windows closed. Agreed. I think the windows closed. The windows never closed in this league on being a playoff. No, team, unless you're the Jets. Yeah, unless you're so dysfunctional, which some organizations are. I think the windows closed on that core. Yes, like Everson, uh, Xavier, Riley Reef. Uh, I think Linvalls. If he doesn't take a big pay cut, I think he's gone, and I might be willing just to move on anyways. Yep. So I think there's like five. I think. Uh. Rhodes, Griffin, Linval, Reef, and I could even see Rudolph being gone. Yeah, I think that cap hit still a little bit aggressive if you could do be. it. But yeah. the rest of the, those guys are very are eminently um, cuttable. So, is it, so if you let's say you get rid of those guys and you, and I, what are you going to do with Wayne's? I, I think you almost have. Are you going to have two new cornerbacks next year? Maybe Wayne's might get paid though, and I'm not paying him. No, you see, you've got. But this is I love this. Anthony topic. Harris. I I love this topic because. Like we're we're going where they're going to have to go, and fans hate. All right, let, let's take safety. Yeah, here's my here's my. So let's remove our admiration for Harrison Smith, who's thirty, and Anthony Harris, twenty eight years old, and played great. I can't invest that much in two safeties. Sure, like you could pick one. Yeah, and I want to and I want a solid one by that guy. But do you keep Aunt Harris, who's twenty eight, and you know is on a track ascending. where he looks yeah, good, ascending. ascending yeah. Or do you keep Harrison Smith, who's been the heart and soul of your defense, but is 30, and in a couple of years you're going to be like, oh, yeah, he's taking some. Doesn't mean he's bad. But, like, there's some decisions to be made here. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not – I don't even know which one I do, but I. But you can't just say, well, it's Harrison Smith, no question. There is question. Yeah, because I think they're at the point now where they paid all those guys, and now you have to start looking at age. Correct. And – they have to be what the New England Patriots have been so good for so long is anticipating that cliff before you hit it. Yep. And they didn't do it with Xavier Rhodes, right? right. And you have to wonder when these guys the, – the Patriots are geniuses of getting rid of a guy one year before you think they should. Yep. But then it works out. Um, so they're they're at that situation. Now, I, it's funny because – Zimmer realizes it too because he said at his end of the year press conference, he said ordinarily they jump right into personnel meetings, but now he told everybody to go take a week away, come back with a more detached view. I don't know if that'll help or if they can. And I don't know if Mike said. I don't know if Mike really said that or Mike was told we're doing it this week, yeah yeah this year. But I think he I think he understands that the time has come to to yeah, well yet and if he doesn't, he, I'm sure he was told that yeah like Rob, Rob Brzezinski is too damn smart not to mm-hmm. eventually say all right. I've worked this. We tried. I've done my magic act for this long. Now I'm not doing <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Because we well, I can't. Yeah. Well, and Rob and Rob was brought in, I think, now 20-plus years ago mm-hmm. because the Vikings had rewarded guys for great great careers, basically. Yeah. You, you, you can't do that in football. No. And you, you can't. 
And I, I asked Zimmer that at that on his Monday press conference. I said, because he was talking about, I can't remember what the word he was using, but I basically said, how difficult will that be for you with you are so attached to a lot of these guys that have been with you for six years. They've been to Pro Bowls. You've been to an NFC Championship game. You've won a lot of games with them. You trust them to now you have to make a business decision to be able to separate emotion from. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, he said he went through, he said, these guys are great guys. If you saw them behind the scenes, blah, blah, He said, but then he said, but then you have to also ask yourself, can they still play? Right. And at what level does it commiserate with their contract? And so I think he understands, yep. like, this is going to be hard, but it's going to be necessary. And every time I tell Mike that, that he has to cut a guy, if he looks at me sideways, I say one name to him, Anthony Barr. Like, yeah. you kept Anthony Barr, now this guy goes. Because there has to be fallout yeah. from that. And that decision, I think, in retrospect, was a poor financial one. Because He's a he, good player. He he had an average Anthony Barr season. Right, but that money had to go somewhere else. Offense line. That, that's why you can't keep two safeties. Your quarterbacks are hemorrhaging. I can't afford to have Harrison Smith back there make, mm-hmm. making top dollar. And I'll tell you another one. So, so you said, and I agree, you can't extend Cousins. You also cannot extend Dalvin Cook. He's going to have to hold out. What happened if he doesn't show up? Then that's fine. Then yeah, I say that's fine. Yeah, I can't pay him. I'm not paying him Zeke money, and I'm not giving him four years. What do you do next year then? Franchise him? Um, I either do that, or I, I or if he just holds out, he he holds out, and I say you're not going to. But play. he'll be up after next year, right? Yeah, he's he's a second round because he didn't get the fifth. Year, so yeah. he's going into the fourth year, and and if I was his agent, I would tell him not to play. But if I was the Vikings, I would say then you're not playing. We can't do it. Yeah, Madison, that one could be tricky. Madison at running back looks to be pretty good, but again, it's a it's a position I can't it's, pay you at. It's interesting because I feel like this organization is at a real crossroads. They are, which makes it so inter- which makes it so fun to talk about. Because yeah, because you have a coaching regime, regime that everything they're doing offensively, Judd, is built around that running back, yep. around Dalvin Cook. Yep. But yet you don't want to pay him that money. I can't. He's gonna because I can tell you if Dalvin so if if Dalvin comes in to meet with, with his representatives, and you're the Vikings, they're gonna tell you and they're right. Hey, look, when he is healthy, he is un- and he is he's phenomenal. He's top three running back. But I can tell you flat out because much like Kirk, I know Dalvin. Like mm-hmm. we know Dalvin now. Yep. He won't play 16 games. He'll probably try and play. And to his credit, because he's tough, yeah. he loves football and he's tough. To his credit, he'll probably try to play two or three games hurt in which he won't be as effective, or he'll fumble or something will go wrong. And so I'm probably going to get 10 games. I can't pay you. I can't give you. I can't eat my salary cap up. Now, if I didn't care about my cap and I had a young quarterback, I probably yeah. can. Yeah. But but if I'm going to be paying a quarterback, I can't give you a four or five-year contract. What do you do? You give him that contract knowing next year you're going to have a cheap quarterback, a rookie quarterback, more than likely? No, because he's not healthy enough. That's my problem. Yeah, he have he would have to be the one thing that would push me is he's a workhorse. Yeah, like if I if I've gotten if he had gone three years and what would that be forty eight regular season games? Sure, I might be able to do it. I can't do it. Yeah, he's hurt too much. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I guess I don't disagree. I, I get nervous paying a running back. I get nervous not but, having him. But, but man, he's a difference maker. But look at the cap. I know. Well, I. Th- and I, I don't, you know, I'm not a capologist. I don't know how, but if you jettison a lot of those older guys, I got to imagine you're freeing up some money, right? Uh, let me get my notebook. Um, I've got it right here. I, I here's the other thing, Judd. Yep. I would look to trade Diggs this off season. That was that's been a hot top. 
Oh, on the radio? Score North. Oh, is it? Okay. To which we, it has been brought up, and I believe the words bleeping crazy have been used to, to describe me. Uh, let me go through uh, what, what the savings would be on the guys we're talking about Yeah. Uh, before we get to Diggs being potentially released here. Rhodes would give you a savings of 8.1 million. His base is 9.9, but his cap hits 12.9. So 8 million. His dead cap is 4.8. So 8.1, 8 million. Linval, 10.5 million in savings. That's a pretty nice savings. Riley Reef is due is due a cap hit of 13.2. His dead cap is 4.4. That's 8.8. So 27 million. And uh, to your point on Kyle, it's not that bad. He is um, he's a cap hit of nine and a half. A dead cap would be five point eight, so three point seven savings in savings. So another four, so thirty-one million. So yes, so you you've got that, and and the guys who can walk are, or the key guys who can walk, because of a sack total, Griffin's contract voided. Yeah. Um, Trey Waynes, Anthony Harris, Mackenzie Alexander, and this guy's not well paid, but I like him, Stephen Weatherly. Yeah. So just in the older guys, you're talking about thirty-one million that you could free up. Um, so yeah, that would go a long way towards helping you out for sure. The the cornerback. Let's talk about the cornerback because that's an interesting spot. Because let's let's assume Rose. So would you you'd be comfortable? Yeah, I guess it. I guess it. I I think I'd just move on from Rhodes. I, I just don't know that there's a lot left there. And I think at, he's going to get paid a fresh by somebody, start. Yeah, and I'm I not going to be the guy. Yeah, um, Wayne's is interesting. If 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 you said I want to keep one of the two, I'd keep Wayne's. Although, what is the price tag? Yeah. Um. I think Alexander's moving on. Yep. Can you trust Holton Hill at this point? Well, he is. Mike Hughes, we revert has a broken vertebra. That's not good. No. So I mean, Holton, I, Holton Hill scares me. I think he's. I think he could be a decent player. I think he can too. But he's. But but I'm bringing him back for sure. Oh sure. Yeah. But but you're right about the as trust a starter. Factor. Yeah. Do you want him as a starter? He's one suspension away from a year. Yeah. Um. And Mike Harris has a broken vertebra yes. in his neck. Yes. So honestly, I mean, Zimmer downplayed that his money, saying, "Oh, he'll be fine. No, re- whatever rehab, no surgery, or whatever." But uh, Ben Gaslin reported broken vertebrae. So I think at minimum this off season, whether draft, free agency, whatever, you have to find two starting caliber cornerbacks. Yes. Yeah. Well, and right, maybe three because with. <laughs> With what you're ben, losing your nickel back, probably. I, I assume Mackenzie Alexander's probably going to leave. And with what Ben reported about Mike Hughes, yeah, you can't a broken a broken vertebrae for a football player. I'm not saying he won't recover, but and by but the you way, can't just say he's also now been hurt pretty severely twice in two years. Yeah, but that's you, a problem. Yeah, but you can't say ah oh, he's good. I mean, I don't think no, at this point. I mean, I that's it. So you need three starting linemen, probably two starting cornerbacks. Yep. Possibly a safety. Yep. Yep. Now, I can find the safety. Like, I can find the other safety. I don't need that guy to be lights out. I feel like you definitely have to upgrade your corners from where, from, mm-hmm. with how you play. And I know the safeties are important, but the cornerback play in 2019 was just not acceptable. No. You know, Weatherly, I'd resign him. I'd resign him as a starter. I mean, I think you can get him at a decent deal. My, I, I'd have him and... and Hunters, and then I'd have, uh, you know, Zimmer can find an inside guy to replace, you know, whether it's whoever. And I'd like, inside, a, you know, Linval. I'd love a, a more effective guy inside. And maybe, but... maybe Linval takes a, 
massive pay cuts. But that's but, what I'm saying, Chipper. But even is, then, he's old. He's getting older. Right. But so do we need to go back to accepting the, the fact? Because I believe that you're right. I believe that the, the Vikings, for the most part, can consistently be a playoff contender. Like, that's not a shock. But do we need to take the step back and just acknowledge that this is not pro- this is not a Super Bowl contender? Mm-hmm. But to build one, because like we're talking right now, we're talking. Think about all the positions and moving parts and guys who who want to get paid. And we're also talking about, I think, accurately, who do you pay at what positions? Because that's a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. Like if Dalvin Cook played left tackle, I'm paying him. Yeah, you well, know, yeah. dunk, right? That's the thing. And and so. I like, I like the idea of having an experienced left tackle, but let's be honest. If a, if a left tackle is a free agent and the team didn't resign him, there's probably he's in decline, right? I mean, how many just great same, left same as quarterbacks? Yeah, how many like great left tackles? Come on, yeah, you're right. So you, you're right. You, so I think I'd be inclined or the uh, drafting twenty five. Yes, to spend number twenty five on the on the best tackle or guard. You know, and. Use your second rounder on, and that's and that's so. Use your second rounder on a cornerback, but that's where I come back into Stefan Diggs. I okay, would be so get, I would be willing to to try to trade him to see if you can get a, you know, what could he could you get a second, third for Diggs? I don't know. Well, I would want higher than I would probably want. Could a, you get a one? I'd I'd want a one somewhere for Diggs. Yeah, if I'm trading because he is still a upper echelon receiver. I would so shoot for a one. I would shoot for a one. Yeah. But but the comeback of fans that has been calling Score North this week has been he's the one sure commodity thing that you know. How can you trade Diggs now? Now I I also believe that there is a fighting chance that Stefan Diggs and his agents at some point in time have or will call the Vikings and say, "Move me. Why don't you move him?" <laughs> yeah, because well, he's we, we not a happy camper. No, he, and he has those outbursts. We saw it again, and and we can debate whether that's good, bad, and different. San Francisco or that the. For yeah. the Niners game, Chip, there was film, coaches' film, of him open. Yeah, like he's running these great routes, yeah. and I'm sure, and Kirk, he, yeah. And Kirk, because of the pressure, just panics yeah. and he can't do it. And Judd, we saw. I mean, this year he had a mutiny. He refused to come to practice. Yes. He skipped meetings. So, which I actually think in some ways at that time worked. But I do think that I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to ask out. But I, I just think it's more about you have significant. Holes to fill, and the other thing is, if you're going to be a power running team, do you do you want to pay two highly paid wide receivers? Yeah, yeah, it's, and that's I would not if Stefan Diggs Camp comes to me and demands a trade, and obviously all parties would try and keep that quiet because if that yeah. gets out, then teams are going to be like, "Well, you got they're going to lowball you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if that happened, I would certainly explore it the space i don't know that any that i would do very much if i was the vikings that would truly be concerned about 2020 now mike wouldn't like that yeah but just with a multitude of issues and problems and guys leaving and and they have i i feel like they're reaching a critical mass here of saying if we don't let guys walk Mm -hmm. we are because you know the cousins contract the one thing it did was it put you in cap hell Mm -hmm. and you accepted that for the short term and i'm with you go for it super Bowl. sure yeah but now it comes back to at some point in time you're going to need to have a large amount of cap space available, mm-hmm. um, and so I just can't see saying, "Man, like first round of the draft, let's just go go for it again." Who's the next Garrett Bradbury type of you know? Yeah, I really want to look about 2021, 22, how to get this thing back on track, and also with quarterback. Yeah, so you're saying like 25 pick number 25. What are you taking? 
I've hypothesized cornerback before, and I know fans hate that, but those are first-round picks, especially around 25. If there was a left tackle there, if there was a tackle there, I'm not shutting the door on that. I like I'd even that. Take a, I'd even take a guard. I mean, I would take the best lineman, I think, available at that spot. I would be... Whether it's tackle or guard, and I'd figure it out. But I'm not joking, and I know it sounds difficult. I'm not joking when I say it, when I say I would spend the coming months exploring, trying to get up to get Tua if Tua is if the the medicals on his hip come back okay. Yeah, I'd love to have my quarterback in place, and Tua is the ideal redshirt guy. Mm-hmm. He can yeah. rehab. He can go to meetings. You know, what's Kirk going to do? Kirk's yeah. going to sit. You know, Kirk's going to mope a little bit. I don't care. Well, he's I can't worry. He's about getting that. paid. What, what? Yeah, and he's going to start $30 million. And I'm not taking his job. Yeah, no, no. I'm just saying you're not coming back in 21. Yeah. And, yeah, and just made a, a you have a chance to help a young guy. Yes. And you're going to make it $30 million, and you're going to, you know. Yes. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't. Uh, but I really want that quarterback position. It'll be, two is going to be interesting draft. to see how people, how teams approach him. The injury history does scare you. Yeah. Like it's not just the hip. Yeah. But also. He's really good. <laughs> I know he is, and, and and he's like he's the guy that you, we talk about the mobility and just he strikes me as having the dynamics of the 2020 quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless I'm missing something. Yeah, I guess. And then if you free up money, you know, spend because they're they're going to be. I don't want to say every lineman or cornerback that hits the market is not good because they're they're going to be teams that are in cap hell and just have to make hard decisions like the Vikings are going to do, mm-hmm. and so they'll be good quality guys that are free agents that teams just can't afford to pay, right? Because they're going younger or whatever. Correct. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't be looking. If you can find that guy that's like 26 going into his, his getting his second contract, that's what, you know. And that's what they like to do. That's that's what you want. Yes, you don't want the old guys. You don't want the 31-year-old no. that you're paying for his and resume. And Rick's done a good job with that one. Rick has yeah. long pursued guys coming out of the rookie contracts. Yeah. But that's where I would go back to. I would go back to doing that. And they did it. That's what they did with Everson and Linval yeah. and, and Harrison. and. Well, they got, you know, they. Barr and The contract Kendrick signed as one of the all-time bargains I know. in the National Football League. And and now the one thing that you're probably going to have to fight is Mike Zimmer and the fact he's, what, 63 years old now. Yeah. And obviously he sees every year as a must win. But I would tell, I would sit down and tell him, Mike, we we took our shot. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean that core. I mean, you need two new coordinators now too. Let's worry about. Let's worry about all. Well, of I think things. that's he's going to look right down the hall for that one. Well, it's going to be Clint Kubiak, right? I, you know, it's funny. I or go back OC. and forth. I think it's either going to be. I don't think Gary Kubiak will say. I think he'll say I've been there, done that. But if you give it to Clint, I'll, I'll be. I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't be shocked if he if he made Rick Denson like a co offense coordinator. That could happen. Yeah, could see. And that. him and Gary, and if they think you know Clint's. A few years of, still a little young, right? Um, Zim always talks about Rick Dennison and how. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. He loves, if, he loves run game coordinators. Yeah, I, so I would not be surprised if he made him co offense coordinator or something like that. But I think, and let's be honest, whoever he hires for defense coordinator, it's, it's Zimmer's. Defense. Well, George basically left, right? Because he wants to call plays, right? Know? But I mean, George had spent 2014 to 2019 saying, "I got some ideas too." And yeah, like oh, I'm called. Well, that's the thing. It's like. If you're a defensive coordinator and you're under Zimmer, you're probably thinking, well, what do I do? People don't think I do anything. I'm not really even the coordinator. Right. You know, and it's. If you went out on the street and asked Vikings fans for the last <laughs> five, five years, who's the defensive coordinator? Yeah. I bet you a good portion of them yeah. would have no idea. It's Mike Zimmer. About George. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> say, George Edwards, who? Yeah. You know. So I, I don't blame him. So that that's kind of the. I mean, whoever he puts in that position, it's Zimmer's defense and he's calling plays. So. 
Yeah, so but it's going to be. You're right. This off season is going to be so intriguing to watch. It'll and what they do and how they do it and who gets bent out of shape and who doesn't. This will be the most um, is busy the right word or most impactful off season they've had. I think busy. Now, right. now getting Kirk Cousins obviously is impactful, but I'm talking about in sheer turnover and hard decisions. Well, they're going to have to let. I mean, have we ever uh, since Mike got the job in 2014? Have we ever talked about as many guys potentially no. being let go, veterans who he we know he likes? No, and you know, hard decisions. Ran it back. Yeah, and hard decisions on like, okay, what are you, are you going to pay Dalvin? Or how disappointed are you two years into Kirk that they haven't come closer? No playoffs, I, and then yeah, I mean, I, Saints win's a nice win, but I guess I fell in that trap that holy cow, they made it to the. NFC Championship game, and there were oh me too. And they get Kirk Cousins; he's the best guy out there. Now there doesn't work like that. I mean, things that work um, look good on paper, obviously don't always happen. Right. And it on paper it looked like it was going to be they're going to be right there at it. But guess what? Defense got older. Offensive line isn't good enough. I think if I was to blame them, because the defense got older, that's very true. But the defense was damn good. I personally. And now the Patriots probably would have gotten this right. I personally did not see Rhodes falling off the cliff yeah, he, he like did he did. I will say the one thing in retrospect is if you had watched, and I'm sure they did, all the Kirk Cousins games, how you don't have a better O-line well, for that's, him that's where they're vulnerable. is amazing. Yeah, that, I think that's where they're vulnerable to criticism. Because if they had sat us down, so if they had called <laughs> us in and said, Chip and Judd, sit down and watch film, all the film of this Washington QB, you'd get down and be like, oh, he needs a really good offense. He's not line. mobile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and but the sensing pressure thing is not hard to see too. Yeah, that's the problem is Brady's not mobile, but he senses he senses the pressure. Well, he's Kirk now greatest Kirk, quarterback ever. So. Sure, <laughs> but like guys sense the pressure. Kirk with him against the Saints and San Fran too. You could see they told him eat the football. And I think anything goes wrong, you just go down. And I think that they probably just looked at it as we'll run the ball, we'll do play action, it'll make everything. And and you know what? Against bad teams, they can. Mm-hmm. But against good defenses, oh, give me the New York Giants all day. Yeah, exactly. When you're facing bad defense, he can look great. Yeah, they can run the ball, set up play act. Because that's the thing. It's like he does some things really, really well. Yes, but it's all predicated on being able to run the ball and have play action. And yes, when you don't have that, or you're facing a defensive front that overwhelms your offense line, there he can't scramble. And have the magic of Russell Wilson or some of these other guys that are mobile. And make, he just he cannot ad lib. But I am. That's the one thing that surprised me is that they did not see that and address that when they could have, mm-hmm. which is to be okay. Our offensive line is okay at best, not okay. I would say subpar, subpar yeah. a lot of times. So I mean, all the analytics, PFF, right? Um, uh. I forgot the other one it did, but they all it pass run blocking. I think they're pretty good. Pass blocking, they're one of the worst because the scheme works. Because the scheme for works. run blocking, yeah. sure. that zone scheme works great. All right, let's uh, pivot topics to what's going on in baseball. A month out from spring training, everybody looking forward to the baseball. Is that a wire season. under your shirt? There, it's going to be <laughs> spring training is coming. We have three managerial openings. We have guys. Turns out cheating. I'm wired. You're wired. <laughs> Where the hell do we even start with how messed up this Astros, Red Sox, and by extension, they're not culpable, but the Mets, because they hired Carlos Beltran, who worked for the Astros, and oh, by the way, the Yankees, who I'm not surprised if they get implicated. Here's the thing. Where the hell do we start? 
if you're going to have widespread cheating within an organization, yep. make sure you don't have any disgruntled employees. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because guess what? When someone turns on you, it's going to go bad. Yes. It's going to go poorly. And your, your, little, your little lies are going to get exposed, right? Um, how did they think that this was not going to get out? That there wasn't going to be one player that gets annoyed with them uh, and says, calls up a reporter and says, hey, guess what? Ken Rosenthal is now uh, Woodward and Bernstein, right? Yeah. So let me give you my, my theory about that because it's a great question, and common sense says these people are morons. But here's my theory. I think that some forms of this are it's so widespread and so well-known in baseball that there was always, uh, well, yeah, we're not going to get caught because no one's being caught. So here's my question. Does baseball keep going now? Because if they do, they're going no. down. A, and my guess is they don't. But I think if they keep going, they're going to find 12, 13 more teams that are doing this. Chad, they, so I think, but I think that's the hubris was that. The yeah. hubris is, well, we all know about it, but they, they being the public, doesn't. Judd, they were banging on a garbage can. <laughs> Well, and now we're talking about you know, <laughs> and other players. You know, other teams heard it and yes. knew what was going oh, on. Hell yes, I mean yes. But the other teams were probably cheating too. So yeah. they're like, whoa, whoa, that's your Astros thing. Yeah, here's our team X Y Z. We're not casting a stone here. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's. I'm guessing it's if baseball really want. It's, it's like the steroid PED. Yes. How how far do you want to dig? Right. Because you're going to find, I don't think this was an isolated case. They were just dumb enough to have everybody, you know, in on it to where, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm sure there are other teams that are like, oh, boy. I hope yes. they don't start. Well, don't you wonder. So for every player now that comes out on Twitter or publicly and is like, I, this is disgusting. Don't you say, I think Dowell's protest too much. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is it's like the, uh, you know, the Dodgers are like, oh, this is, they, they should. I'm like, be careful. Who else has been implicated? Yeah. The Dodgers have been loosely, I've seen, in fact, our guy, Lomo, came out with a tweet a few days ago, and Logan Morrison basically, I believe, tweeted the Yankees and Dodgers are doing the same type of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, you can't be like, oh, no, 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 he's lying. There's there's some talk that that the niece of... uh, Which is a former player, right? That's a burner account for a former player. And I... We're quoting the niece. The niece I did Carlos, the air quotes right there for people. The niece of Carlos Beltran, who once, by the way, hit 35 home runs in a season. We yeah. just don't know who it is. And I love the video of Altuve. Like, don't take my shirt off. Don't take my shirt off. He's wrapping up like he it's a winter coat. The clubhouse. <laughs> Dude, the whole thing he, is. What was the like, quote that my, player, my wife got mad last time in the room? My wife got upset. <laughs> he runs into the clubhouse. But. That's my question is how far does baseball want to go down this path? We're a month out of spring training, three managerial openings because of this. Mm-hmm. And I'm usually in the camp of no no publicity is bad publicity, mm-hmm. but this is bad publicity. Spring training is going to be epic at, oh. at, at all around. I mean, those places, obviously. Here, here's my question to you. Who is the first to get to Marwin Gonzalez? I am. He was on that team. Not only was he on that team, but we, we dug up um, – after it was, I believe, during the 2017, I think, chipper postseason, Alex Bregman had hit a game-winning home run, I think. And somebody, at, you know, I was like, you know, what were you thinking about that? And he gives a smart Alec short response. 
that ends with him smiling, walking off the podium and saying something along the lines of, maybe I knew what was coming. Who's sitting right by him laughing? Marvin Gonzalez. Really? Yes. So this is going to affect every team in some way. You're right. Well, and you have to look at the entire coaching staff that's on that on those Astros teams because they've spread out, obviously. And if you're Beltran was with the Yankees last year as an advisor, yeah. And if you're if you had any, you know, association with that organization, you're implicated now because it sounds like everybody in the doggone clubhouse knew this was going on. Yes. And so it wasn't. I mean, there wasn't this. You know, even the manager didn't like it. But he allowed it to happen, and so well, right he passively so in the coaching staff didn't like it, but he he didn't prevent it from happening because it was winning games. Well, and and I think baseball's so mad because Manfred, I think it was with the Apple Watches in two thousand seven, sure yeah. sent that memo out. Yeah, stop doing this. Yeah. And they basically were like, "You're a joke." Like that's basically what they were telling Manfred. But again, I think we're reacting because we're finding out, and oh my god, the integrity yeah. of sports. I think the insight community is like, we've all been doing this, you know, how much can you put the technology uh, component back into the uh, tube there? That's a great question, which is why I this is all technology based. Yes, it is. This is replay rooms. Yeah. Like we never, you know, be still signals. Oh, I see what the guy's doing in the dugout. He's grabbing it. But this is technology based. And so can you can you reverse it? If you tape, so if you tape third base coaches during games, now this is technically cheating, but then studied the signals, like at night. Like, yeah. Like you taped. Which series, probably. And you did, you know, teams for years, years have been doing advanced scouting. Yeah. Well, that's also trying to find signals. I think what's offensive here is it's real time. Yeah. You know, so yes. I'm the pitcher. You know what I'm going to throw. Bang, bang. It's a fastball. Now, if you know the signs from advanced scouting or yeah. Paul, you know, Molly's on second base. Like, hey, they're showing what it's going to do. That's been going on for years. That's been going on for years, and yep. I'm fine with that. But I think there's two things here. Well, three things. One, Manfred put out the directive, and teams were like, yeah, whatever, Rob. You're a, you're yeah. a lawyer bleep. Uh, two, real-time cheating. So, like, I'm getting, I'm, and then I buzz you, and then you know a fastball's coming. So that's. Real-time cheating. I think that's offensive, too. And then the third thing to me that makes this different than steroids is, as bad as the steroid thing was, the Cardinals, the Giants, and the Cubs in 98 didn't win the World Series. Yeah. Like, the Astros basically and that's why I, won a championship partially based on, or maybe largely based on that. And that's why I think Manfred uh, fell short. Punishment? Yeah, you guys got fired. Five million dollars, okay. That's you know, I'll take, they'll take that out of their wallet. Take the World Series from, them. strip it, or or ban them, or ban them that, from. That still might have to happen. Well, and no play. Well, and to go down that path, players aren't affected yet. But if they want to keep going down this path and find out the players were wired up, now baseball is claiming we looked into that. No, they didn't. No, you did. Well, yeah. it, or if you did, you basically spent, you know, lunchtime yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, but you could take World Series away. You, you could ban players if they're wearing mm-hmm. white. If Altuve, that, if Jose Altuve, little guy who we all thought was great, is is mm-hmm. has some type of wire, ban him. I don't mm-hmm. care. Yeah, I don't. Or suspended for a year or yeah. two but years I mean, or whatever. Fine. Yeah, I mean that because that that's fine. Like when you're wear, I mean, still in science, fine. When you're going to the steps of 
you're wearing an electronic device to get a signal to what's yep. coming. Yep. I mean, I know. there's no there's no punishment hard enough for that. I mean, if, if you have to say you're done with baseball, then you're done well, with baseball. Well, and if you want a championship by doing this, that that to me takes it. You know, the steroid thing was... Your entire a, sports and... Was a lot of players doing something that we... I think we get offended as the public because we don't know, and then we find out, and we're like, whoa! Yeah. Uh, but I think if you take a step back, when you are gearing... When you're basically rigging the championship, which is what the Astros were doing, mm-hmm. you know, because think about this one. Okay. Baseball loves its records, right? Like More than any sport. sport. Yeah, that's right. what it is. Yeah. So let's let's take this to football. Well, the Patriots might have cheated themselves, or they did. Uh, but let's take this to football. If I steroid up, which in football they did for years, and I set the rushing record, you're mildly like, oh, that's uh But you're not like, oh, no, 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 yeah. no. But if my whole team is somehow doing what the Patriots did mm-hmm. and watching walkthroughs or, or something, you know. Here's their place. And I win a championship, that's where the outrage is logical. Yeah, it's when you, yeah it's the personal gain. Okay, it's we don't like that, but it, but it's yeah, it's it's the winning a championship because of this. Yeah, you know, and so I yeah I I'll be curious to see because I don't think we've heard the last from other nieces and uncles and <laughs> and other former players or current players who have an axe to grind and burner accounts to open. Guys that are retired, do you think there's not going to be a retired guy who comes out and says, "Hey, this is what we used there's to do"? There's more bombshells coming. Hundred uh, percent. You're right. I think the reporting's just beginning. I think this is yep. the, you're scratching the surface, and so, yep. and so now, what's going to be the what's going to be Major League Baseball's response? Are you going to? That's where I think this is where I think the the technology component is going to be interesting. You know what? Because be, you're going to have to figure out how to. Let me throw this at you. Because because technology baseball is technology now with analytics and film and all the different things that they have at their disposal now. How are you going to harness that without? I just got a thought. Go back to the. I just got a thought. You know how? Now I don't have kids. You do. Yep. But my guess is there have been times where, when your kids were small, one of them did something or continued to do something, and the other kids in your family suffered some of the consequences because sure. mom and dad were tired of the BS. Yeah. So you all have to go across the board. Yeah. Yeah. So the one kid was the real abuser. Yeah. But everybody suffered. Yep. Yes. So. You are a parent. So, let me throw this at at you. What if you say, we gave you a chance. We are shutting down replay rooms, first of all, completely. If you want to replay, you, you have to see it with your eye, and you can challenge it. But you're done. You're mm-hmm. not going to have guys, because what this is. That's where we're stemming from. This is guys sitting in rooms with video, video, video. Mm-hmm. Unless you just want to make it legal. Okay, bang on the garbage can. We don't care. But I think they care. Yeah. So they should. So what if you do the old? We know. We know two of you did this. Probably more. But we know two of you did this. Therefore, you all suffer. And Rocco, if you want challenge that play at first base and you saw it, or you have a guy on your bench who saw it, roll the dice. Roll the dice. But the replay rooms in every ballpark are now shut down. As of now, they're locked. They were taking all the equipment out. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's going to completely stop cheating. But it would go a long way towards taking out an area, and you could just say you abused it, you lost it. Yeah, that's what I think. I think the public would love that. Well, yeah, because you because the public would be like, yeah, yeah, and it would speed up the games. <laughs> but uh, um, 
Yeah, I, I think I Judd, I think there's going to have to be something drastic because, like I said, I think there are going to be more reports come up and more stories of of teams did this and it and it. Yeah, look at yesterday on Twitter. Yeah, Benice. Yeah, like did you see that one coming? And, and then no, no, me neither. Because, and the Beltran family very different. Yeah, and and the, and the. Uh, and former players, I, I guarantee you, former there's going to be other former players that come out that are that get mad because they didn't get the contract or whatever. They had a bad falling out with the team, and they're going to say this is what we did. And so yep. I think I think Major League Baseball is going to have to look at the technology component because it's become as great as it as much as it's changed the game and as as much as it's enhanced it and created this new baseball. It's also opened itself up to this. To where you can now, guys can wear a wire. They can decode what's coming. You can buzz him, and he can hit a home run. And everything's in question now to me. Yeah, it's fair. Everything's in question. I mean, this is the new steroid era, right? Yes, yes. it's the it's now because of, of that. And it, this is going to seem very uh, cynical, and I, I know you're going to be shocked that I'm cynical. <laughs> because of that, though, because I was a guy in '98. I loved it. I thought it was fun. You know? Yeah. And it, it didn't but you didn't know what you didn't know. But I didn't know what I didn't know. But because of that, this is all the stuff coming out now about uh, sign stealing and replays. I'm not saying it's not like, oh, wow, that's a heck of a story. But deep down, truly, it doesn't surprise me. Like no. after the ster- But after the steroid thing, I was done being surprised by the cheating that goes on. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, does every team cheat? No. I'm not going to say that, but. But I think there's that that's still that philosophy. I mean, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Right. You know, and every team's looking to gain the edge and there's you know, money at stake and titles and arbitration and getting a big contract. So I think there's always gonna be that temptation to to try to as they look they say it's trying to gain an edge. We call it cheating. Well and <laughs> yeah, and when I'm just to the point now with sports where nothing shocks me. No. No. And so if they it's a steroid thing, did you did feel pretty stupid in like in retrospect saying, well, "Man, I never really thought about Sosa and McGuire starting to look like cartoon characters." Judd, we were talking about it. So I covered the uh, what year was it when uh, when Bonds went to the World Series? They they beat the Cardinals in it when, when the Twins lost to the a- Angels. Was that two thousand two or four? Two thousand no uh, or they, three? Uh, one right or whatever? Yeah, whatever year one, it was. Whenever they lost to the Angels, um, I did the. Um, the NLCS, because I was picking up stories in case the Twins got to the World Series, and, you know, I had have covered that series. I did. It was the uh, Giants-St. Louis Cardinals covered the whole series. Yep. And I remember being at is Pac Bell there. I can't remember what they call it now. But, yep. And we're watching Bonds take batting practice. We're down on the field. This is when you can get down on the field. We're watching batting practice. And he's hitting these absolute moonshots. I mean, just into orbit. And we're all just sitting there like, wow, this is incredible. You know. Not even given the thought of like I, he shouldn't be that big. Yeah, why is it that big? Why is it that big? <laughs> why is that ball going that far? They opened in '98 in an interleague series. Cardinals played the Twins here at the Metrodome, and I remember going. The Twins opened batting practice early to go watch Mark McGuire take BP, <laughs> and so I showed up early. I'm like, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna watch it, but and like I never thought to myself, man, why does he look like that? I know I didn't either. And which I mean, is why I'm done ever being like I can't believe yeah. they were using the replay rooms to pass along. So, you, you feel so stupid that you're that naive yes. that you wouldn't even think that okay, maybe they're doing something wrong why is here. Mr. Bond's head growing, <laughs> but the other problem he didn't with look that, like that in Pittsburgh. The other problem with that too at the time was it 
that summer helped save baseball because the 94 yeah, strike was still very yeah. fresh and people were mad at baseball. And so I think as baseball fans, we were like, this is great. Mm-hmm. You know, Roger Maris's record is finally going <laughs> to fall. And, uh, and we never really gave it a thought. So yeah. um, last thing, Jeff Teague, how would you describe the era? <laughs> <laughs> The era. <laughs> Give me a couple words to describe the Jeff Teague era. We laughed. We cried. <laughs> we cried a lot. He was serious. He was. Yeah. He gave a great answer. He gave a bad answer. Yeah. There, you know, it's funny because it, he could give you some really uh, open up and be like yeah. a great interview. You know, he was smart. smart dude. He, he was. Smart yeah. And he, he was a pros pro. And in, 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 but a lot of times he didn't want to. But a lot of times if he didn't want to talk, he didn't. And that's, you but know. man, was he not a fit for what they're trying to do no, now? That no. Was, he uh, was just, it was a bad fit. And, I under, you know, for Tibbs and what Tibbs wanted, he wanted a veteran point guard. You know, um, these guys, it's just a bad fit. And it, I thought they had traded him last summer, you yeah. know. So he, he made it probably longer. But the, this roster needs so much <laughs> Deconstruction. Yes. You think the Vikings got problems? Vikings got no problems compared to the Timberwolves. No, I don't even. And is Cat ever coming back? You know, sickness. Now he had the knee, I the knee, and then the sickness, and it's you know. But you know, Gerson Rosas. As we said when he got hired, this is not a one-year fix. No, clearly. I mean, you cannot do everything. No. You cannot repair a roster to the degree. You cannot tear it down and build it back up. And what so. Um, there will be a series of these moves, and then will it pay off? I don't know, but you have to. If they're going to play this way, you get to get, you have to get the certain personnel in here to play this way. And it's, if you have bad personnel, the wrong kind of personnel playing it, this is what you get. And the good start, we all thought, man, this might be better than. I said. No, no, no. It was and Wiggy, a mirage. Is back to being Wiggy. It was a mirage, and yeah. Wiggy is going to. You don't change. No, you don't, and that's why I believe you hope he gets hot in February again or whatever, and you get him through the rest of the season, and then you just try and get whatever you get for him, you get for him. Exactly right. All right, sir. All right, brother. We're done. Condo, it's a trouble. We will uh, talk to you again next week.